Logical Progression, Year 4, Chapter 15, Lesson 8. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin, wa al-aqibu talimutaqeena wa la'udhu'ana illa ala al-zalimin. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wa al-mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in, Allahumma la sahla, illa ma ja'altahu sahla, wa anta tajul al-hizna idha shi'l sahla, Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya rabbil kareem. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hayakumullah. It's good to be back home. Yani. It's yani good to be back home. That's the difference between artificial panels and then being surrounded by real cedar wood. Real cedar part of trees, yani huge amounts. We went, we went past... <laughs> the haters called it green screen like Bobby J he called it yani, a green screen others said that it was better than the dust watching the train this is the kind of feedback we get they said we found the train more interesting than the dars Shazad Amin no names mentioned and um, but to be honest I found the train more interesting as well <laughs> I watched it back that train's sick man I'm telling you it's like, I don't know how many miles long it was Alhamdulillah. Also, I want to embarrass our friend the Mu'min. MashaAllah. We want to give him 1,000 congratulations. He got married whilst I was there as well. And got married to one that we know very well, we love very much, and assisted with that, MashaAllah. So, 1,000 mubarakat upon you, ya Mu'min. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give tawfiq between you. We're very, very happy about that as well. Any news that I need to hear about locally? Yeah, baby boy. You had a baby boy? MashaAllah, Burik from Yahoo, MashaAllah, Washakar Tulwahi, Abdul Basit, MashaAllah, blessed with the baby boy, MashaAllah. All the action happens when I'm away, that's the problem. All the khair yani, is when I'm absent. But Alhamdulillah, well done, bro, MashaAllah. Everyone's okay, everyone's good then. Name? Hey, you see that? There's only one Abu Isa, Akhi. Just now prepared to be shady for the rest of your life. It's okay, bro. It's not too late to change it, it's okay. You're going sticking with it, huh? You'll have to keep it like Abu Isa al-Fransawi. There you go. There you go. Shof. See, I give you some originality like that. And if you win the Euros, then you'll be proud about it as well. Khalas. Right, so should we do dars then? Do we need to do dars as well? I'm just happy to be back. Haj Abdul Haq is looking at me there, very happy. I'm very happy to see his attending dars. We have the trustee Sahib Yani chairman, which means that this is very important dars as well. I'm feeling in good mood to be honest. Bobby J, what's happening, Yara? Nassalam na dua, na kuch. Okay, all right. So anyway, you'd be glad to know that Alhamdulillah we finished the prayer times. Okay, I think uh, a total of six or seven lessons covering all of the matters of the salah uh, times, all the controversies, all the issues, and also what I think, which is very nice, all the relevancy, uh, all the points of relevancy in our time northern latitudes, persisting twilight, the times a masajid masaj should choose for their maghrib, isha, fajr, uh, imsaq, and all these kind of matters. Uh, and it came at a good time because it allows us to make sure that when we enter into the blessed month next, month, next week, then we're all going to be able to do that upon yaqeen and certainty. It's very, very important that amongst all the differences of opinion, that the very least that we have a opinion, which is the safest which we know that our fasting is 100% guaranteed, our salah is 100% guaranteed, 
even though it might require a little change from what is normally the case. So all of that is done. Now, the author, he moves into the interesting uh, area of the, um, the nature of the prayer and how it is considered to have been caught. So for example, when is a prayer in its right time? So now we've defined when the times are, and now we have to define when a person has actually prayed in the right time. How does he determine that he has prayed in the right time? Yes, we've said that Maghrib starts when the sun sets. Yes, we've said that Isha starts when the uh, redness in the sky disappears. But what if you can't see the redness in the sky? What if you don't know whether the sun has set? Whether you're, what, 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 what if your uh, people will turn around and say, well, hey, we use phones and, and alarms and timetables. What if you're outside and your phone doesn't work? Yeah. And so you have to determine then based upon what you see. And what about if you can't see anything and you're not outside, you're in a building and you have to ask someone? What are the rulings of asking someone? Does that person have to be more knowledgeable than you? Is it permissible to ask another person who is not a master of the time like you? Is it permissible to ask such a person to help you in, in order to, to find out the time? What is the level of trustworthiness and knowledge that's required on behalf of that person? What if that person is a non-Muslim? You are intelligent enough to break the issue down not to a matter of prayer times, but you're just going to ask him a factual question. Like, uh, what time is it the hottest? Or what time is it that you see the sunset? Or something else in these kind of matters. Where is it that you see the sun come from? And, when you, and you'll see that non-Muslims, they don't care about these kind of things, and so they don't know. However, if you know what you're talking about, and here I'm more talking about the issue of uh, Qibla, but also the prayer time, okay, also the prayer time, you will find, for example, that those, if you are with non-Muslims, uh, those who are older, those who are older, and those who own houses, especially in the Western countries, they have a great pride over their things like gardens and gardening, and they're very, very aware whether their house is south-facing, north-facing, what what the uh, uh, when this where the sun is when they wake up do they feel it or not so they actually be able to give you a very accurate and sometimes far more accurate than Muslims actually place of where the sun rises and we know that if they say to you the sun rises right there even though they're inside the location but they know then you've already determined east okay then you'll be able to determine west because they'll say to you when I get home from work I always watch the I always have a cup of, tea, cup of tea in my conservatory and I watch the sunset and it sets right there. And so then you're able to work out west, for example. Then you can work out southeast for Qibla. You can also then work out then that if the sun rises in the east and now you go outside and you have a look and it is now towards the western side of the hemisphere or towards the shadow is now going towards the east, then you know now the sun's in the west. And if you look at the length of the shadow and how it's increasing, you will know that if the shadow is increasing in size, then you know the Zuhr has come in already. You know that if the shadow is long and it's now going, you know that Asr is close as well. So there are things that you need to know about how much information you need to find, you can find out from other people, what's permissible, what's not permissible. Okay? So we're going to talk about that, inshallah. Um, let's have a let's uh, look at the section then. So uh, we finished. That's what we finished last week. And so today's lesson is. Uh, وَتُدْرَكُ الصَّلَاةِ بِتَكْبِيرَةِ الْإِحْرَامِ فِي وَقْتِهَا وَلَا يُصَلِّ قَبْلَ غَلَبَةِ ظَنِّهِ بِدُخُولِ وَقْتِهَا إِمَّا بِاجْتِهَادٍ 
أو خبر ثقة متيقن فإن أحرم باجتهاد فبان قبله فنفل وإلا ففر That's, I think, enough for today, inshallah. I don't think we'll do more than that, okay? Um, and so the translation of what I just said is, the conditions... No, no, that's not what it is. Um, the next page. Yes. One has caught the prayer if one performs the opening takbir in its time. One should not pray before feeling that it is very likely that the prayer's time has entered. <coughs> This is either achieved by trying, trying one's utmost to work it out. That process is called ijtihad. Okay? Or B, being informed by someone who is certain. If he makes the opening takbir based on his ijtihad and it becomes clear that it was before the right time, then the prayer is classed as supererogatory. Yani the prayer is classed as nafil. Otherwise, the prayer is classed as obligatory. Meaning it was good enough. Okay? As obligatory. Alright? So, what we're doing here then is, is talking about something which is going to come a lot in a lot more detail later. Okay? When we come to the section of the congregation. Because... That's where you, you, you tend to see the matter of how and when you've caught the prayer more often. This one, as you're going to see in the examples, is going to use an example of the menstruating woman, which is a position that I don't agree with anyway. It's a position which I don't hold anyway. Uh, and that is um, what happens when a menstruating woman, um, she menstruates during a prayer time where the prayer time has actually entered and she was still pure. Now, of course, according to the Hanabila, you have to make up that prayer because the prayer time uh, was, was in. The idea was is that you should have prayed. Okay? Because the prayer time had entered. Whereas we said that, actually no, if the prayer time has enough time to pray towards the end of the prayer time, yeah, and you've got two hours to pray dhuhr, for example, then a woman, she has a legitimate excuse to pray for the next two hours. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings her hayd upon her at that time, then she had a legitimate excuse not to pray. The alternative is, that no, that's why you should pray the prayer in its earliest time. That's why you shouldn't hesitate if this happens, if that happens. We'll say this is something which is too much difficulty upon women. Actually too much difficulty upon anyone to insist they have to pray and make it obligatory to pray at the very first second. So, you know, we're going to be talking about that. Anyway, so, um, so the first statement then, As-salah is what the, the author used, that the entire prayer, all of it, yani, whether the prayer is a... Uh, whether the prayer is obligatory, whether it is voluntary, supererogatory, whether it's a sunnah, a sunnah prayer from the rawatib, meaning yani the sunnah that you pray before a fard prayer and after fard prayer, or any other kind of prayer, every prayer which is determined by time, by time mu'akkat, meaning temporary prayer, all of these are caught by takbiratul ihram. So what do they mean here? They're not talking about, for example, the two sunnah of istikhara. They're not talking about the two raka'ah nafal of, you know, for no reason. Okay? Any of these prayers can be prayed at any time. So it doesn't matter whether you pray them here, there, whatever. We are talking about those prayers which are restricted by time. 
which are restricted to a, a, an actual time period itself. So those are the obligatory prayers, and those are the sunnah prayers that come before that obligatory prayer, and then the after. So for example, if we're talking about dhuhr, then we're talking about the four that would come before dhuhr, and then the four that would come after dhuhr, right? In twos and twos and twos and twos, etc., etc. So that, that's what we're talking about. And the imam here, he says that it's referring that a person uh, catches them by the takbiratul ihram just takbiratul ihram what does that mean what does that mean first of all let's explain where he's coming from he's saying that and this is why Sheikh Uthameen on page 141 he goes what's the illa what's the reason for saying that the takbiratul ihram is enough he says because the juz of something is like the kul of something yani juz kakullihi that the the part of something is like achieving the full the full whole thing. So he goes, prayer is something which cannot be divided into half into you couldn't get the prayer and say, let's split it into an equal half, or let's split it into quarters, or let's split it into sections. The prayer is one whole thing. So once you've caught it, you've caught all of it. And how is the minimum of catching it? It's like, you know, if someone's running, you don't need to grab the whole person completely as long as you just be able to touch him. Let me give you a better example. If you're playing kabaddi, okay? Have you played kabaddi before? You don't have to explain. You don't need to explain. No, no, I do, I do. It's a wonderful example. Kabaddi is a wonderful example. Because, now hold on, let me just get the rules right here. You don't need to prevent him from going back. Oh, you just have to tag him. No, no, no. I've got it the wrong way around. The other way around. I was thinking about the opposing team. The opposing team, they have to hold him and make sure that he doesn't go. Yes? Yes? Yeah. Whereas the attacking team, all, they, all he needs to do is a touch. Just touch. Isn't it? As long as he touches that person, then he's taking him out, taking him out, taking him out. Whereas the other team, they have to hold on to that guy and completely and prevent him from going this is a real fiqh by the way this is a real good example so like the kabaddi example in the one who is defending this is the one who is defending this is the hanafi opinion as for the humbly opinion that is the attacking one just touching is enough if i touch you i got you khalas i don't need to hold on to you whereas the hanafis would say no actually the majority would say no they say you have to hold on to a big solid part Yani his leg basically and not let him yani get over and then we consider that you've done a good job okay that's a really good example I'm impressed with myself to be honest I say mashallah Bobby okay so huh? it's as clear as mud it didn't come out very good did it okay we'll use the salah in a minute that will maybe become clearer so the point is they said that once you've entered and said Allahu Akbar then the whole prayer has been caught basically that's what the uh, the Hanbalis uh, said and Sheikh Uthameen he says and you know that when he says something like that he's about to yani, yani disagree he goes and this is the well known opinion of the madhab of Imam Ahmed and you know something is going to come he goes that this is the case of whether this is at the beginning of the time or the end of the time he, uh, what does that mean? He goes, let me give you an example. He goes, so therefore, according to the Hanabila, if we give an example of the beginning of the time, if there was a woman who, it was time for Salatul Maghrib, okay, and she was able to pray one takbirah, 
Okay, one yani make one takbirat al-ihram during the time for Maghrib, alaykum as-salam And then she becomes ha'id, meaning that she goes into menstruation now, yes? After she's been there for literally just, yani, I don't know, imagine Maghrib was 9.26, yes? 9.26 p.m. And there's a woman at home and uh, actually let's just say that Maghrib is 9.30, entered in 9.30. And there is now 10 seconds, which is all it needs for Takbirat al-Ihram to be prayed. Yes? To say, Allahu Akbar. So if it became 9.30 and 10 seconds, and then the lady goes into menstruation, then according to the Hanabila, you have to make up that prayer. She has to make up that prayer afterwards. Because the prayer had entered by how much of a time? By Takbirat al-Ihram. Why Takbirat al-Ihram? Because that's the minimum of what a prayer is uh, court or the time that's needed in order to actually pray okay all right and then an example for uh, then uh, another example is how the time at the end would come into play so that would be for example asr so now we have a menstruating woman not a, not a pure woman a menstruating woman the menstruating woman menstruating menstruating state of menstruation and then it she becomes pure she becomes pure the length of time of takbiratul ihram say 10 seconds before the sun sets so they would say well the humblies would say well now you've just had enough time to now pray asr because to pray asr all you need to do is say allahu akbar takbirat al-ihram in the time and that's it and then uh that's it for inna salat al-asri talzimha yani she must pray the salat al-asr because she لأنها أدركت من الوقت المقدار تكبيرة الإحرام هذا من جهة الحكم so because she had enough time to catch the actual prayer because of the fact that it's a minimum of just takbirat al-ihram. Okay? Is and So we're going to have to we're going to have to critique that because I mean, you know what kind of position is that? But we don't want to go too hard just yet. We'll let them commit themselves and we'll go in. Huh? And so that's min jihat al-hukm. I mean, that's the legal, that's the way we look at it from a legal point of view. And then we've got to look at it from a, th- a thawab point of view, a thawab. Yeah? So a sawab point of view is different, yeah? So we have a ruling and we have the reward. What about from an issue of reward? So um, the, the, um, the reward is exactly the same. Whoever catches anything legally of a prayer has been rewarded for the entire prayer. And that's something which is very important, okay? Um, so just, I just want to get that out of the way. This is the position of the Hanbali Madhab. The second position... Um, within the, 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 the humble, from some of the Hanabila, and I'll tell you who else as well. That actually you will only catch the prayer if you catch the raka'a itself. Okay? You have to catch the raka'a itself. And this is a position, as I said before, of the Hanafi school, actually, the majority of scholars. And it is the position of the class. It is also the position of Sheikh Uthameen as well. Okay? And the reason for that is because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa So whoever catches a rak'ah, a unit, from the prayer, then they have indeed caught as-salah. They have caught the entire prayer. Okay? Whoever, man adraka rak'atan, you see in the indefinite it's mentioned, rak'atan, meaning a unit, then مِنَ الصَّلَةِ فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَ الصَّلَةِ Then they have caught the prayer in its entirety. This hadith, narrated by Bukhari, narrated by Muslim, and you can find that in Muslim at 607. 
the hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu so this hadith is very very clear Sheikh Uthameen says that this is also the position of Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah and a number of the madahib as I said the hadith is zahir the hadith is very very clear and it has what we call a conditional sentence man adraka man adraka faqad adraka so whoever does this then that happens whoever does that then that happens so it's a very clear yani ruling a conditional sentence meaning once the condition has been fulfilled then the uh, result or the consequence is confirmed so it's difficult to argue about this now now we need to now mention okay so if there's a woman now who um uh, goes in uh, who who was who would be uh in uh, uh maghrib for example and she was to go into menstruation after Maghrib for a time period which is less than Raka'ah then she wouldn't need to pray that's according to Sheikh Uthameen's position okay that's according to Sheikh Uthameen's position he's increased the length of time I want to make it very clear that I said that the class position as we covered in detail here in the chapter of menstruation the class position is that it doesn't matter if there is one whole hour after Maghrib one whole hour after Maghrib and she has not prayed Maghrib we have said that Maghrib lasts from Maghrib to Isha and if she did not pray even though that's not good but if she falls into menstruation she does not need to repeat the prayer why because she's still within the legal bounds likewise if she is in Dhuhr it's great to pray Dhuhr at the beginning time but if she doesn't pray at the beginning time and it goes down back towards Asr time getting close but she was always planning to pray it but she's busy she is working she is cooking she's walking she's whatever she's doing and all these are legitimate actions these are all legitimate actions as long as the prayer time is left she's got it planned in her head i'm gonna go back home i'm gonna go xyz and i'm gonna pray so we'll say they we we understand the argument they're saying that she should have prayed it when the obligation entered we say that she has the right to pray pray later so we're not going to obligate upon her to make up those prayers everyone cleared remember remember that yeah from our discussion has everyone forgotten all that that was clear, sah? That's what we said from the back then? Black faces? MashaAllah. Back then, yeah? One year ago? Eight months ago, man. It's not that long ago. Okay. It was good fun then. We're doing that again, Bob, is not? One weekend, the Anismash, yeah? We need to have a debate about that, yeah? So, um, is that clear, yes? So, the, the next point then, the next point is, um, the, uh, what Saeed just mentioned, and even if you were to fulfill this position, would it be based upon raka'ah anyway? Yani, how can we say to a woman, yani, that uh, uh, that she, that, for example, the one at, uh, at Asr, if she is menstruating, that she would need to pray if there is enough time for raka'ah? Can you imagine? So uh, let, me, let, me, let, me make the, let me make the example clearer. Is the fact that she is in Asr time with one minute to go one minute to go because that's the that's the length of time we're going to say is one raka'ah is does she obligated to pray that asr yani is is are we expecting her to suddenly all of a sudden check that she is pure and then be pure and then ghusl and then get ready and then pray in one minute yani yani sab difficult so we have to take this yani i don't think that this issue should be based upon and this is, of course, there's no hadith on the matter, so it goes down to ishtihad of the ulama. And it's clear that they differed over this. And so therefore, we're talking about enough time for a person to be ready to pray. 
That's yani, what the ruling should be based upon when it comes to at the end of a prayer time. As for the beginning of a prayer time for a pure woman, if she becomes menstruating, then prayer is cut from her. She didn't need to pray. Now, if she hadn't prayed the Maghrib for some reason and it had now entered into Isha time, then she, of course, is in, in trouble and she needs to make up that Maghrib prayer because there's no reason that she as you know she didn't, uh, she didn't uh, catch it. Sheikh Uthameen says something else. He says, um, also, based upon this, we will determine a number of other rulings about catching the prayer, such as, for example, catching the jama'ah, the congregation. So, is a congregation also caught by raka'ah, or is it caught by takbiratul ihram? Okay, is that clear? Is the congregational prayer, when you come to Maghrib, and you join late, is the prayer caught if you catch raka'ah, or is it caught yani, when you catch takbiratul ihram? Now, I want to say to you here that we're not going to discuss the details of this here yet. You know why Sheikh Uthameen gives this literally three, two lines? And this is a massive subject. And he doesn't go into detail. And the reason is clear because as I said to you before, uh, the, there, is a, there needs to be a difference. We need to create a difference between the two. So for example, there's a difference between the reward and there's a difference between the ruling. So for example, if a person catches the prayer by saying Allahu Akbar, and the imam is within the, uh, let's say, in sajda, so there's no chance of you catching raka'ah, for example, do you still get the reward of the prayer? Do you, uh, is it the same as saying that you caught the prayer or caught that unit? Okay, these are different. These, are clear, these two things are clearly different. So for example, if the person is praying Salatul Maghrib and they're in the first raka'ah and you walk in and the, the, the imam is reciting a surah, and then just as you say Allahu Akbar, the Imam goes Allahu Akbar, then you have you will join this person in Ruku'ah. Yeah? Listen carefully to this. This is important. Okay? If the Imam is in Ruku'ah and you join them in Ruku'ah, then you caught that Imam in Ruku'ah. Okay? Remember that. Now, we're going to ask the following questions. The first question is, what have you actually done by joining that prayer in Ruku'ah? Here's, the, here's what you've done. Number one, you have got the reward of that congregational prayer because you actually entered into the prayer with the imam. And that, we're going to work out what are the limits. And I'll tell you what we discuss now, what we discuss later. The second thing that needs to be asked, did we catch that rak'ah or not? Is the rak'ah rak to be judged the same for the congregation and for praying in the time? What do I mean? We know there's another hadith. Hadith narrated by Abu Dawood. Hadith which is Sahih. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Man adraka ruku'a, faqad adraka raka'a. That whoever catches the ruku'a, then they have caught the raka'a. Okay? This hadith is different. Man adraka raka'a minas salah, faqad adraka salah. It's like a bigger hadith. Whoever catches one unit of the prayer, then he has caught the prayer. Whereas the hadith I just quoted, whoever catches the ruku' of the prayer, they have caught the entire rak'ah. Question for you. What is a rak'ah? What is a rak'ah? What is one unit? Standing until standing. Very good. Okay. One unit is standing until standing because it is the beginning of the first of a pillar until the beginning of the same pillar again. So it is standing until standing. 
So here's the issue. When we are talking about time, and when we are talking about jama'ah, we're talking about two different things. So for example, so for example, let's go back to the time thing. Any one of us here praying uh, Salat al-Asr is getting late. You're at work. You look at the time, I'm going to pray at home, I've got time. You get stuck in the traffic, you get home, literally you have two minutes to pray. You have wudu and you jump in, okay? And you know for a fact that the sun has not set yet, two minutes is setting, your sunset time or maghrib time is saying two minutes. Now you need to pray. How do we know that a person has caught that prayer? What would, what, what would we want that person to do? Let me hear what you've got to say. What are the various options? A ruku'a. Okay, we've got one option to get a ruku'a of what? One raka'a? Yeah. Okay. One ruku'a. Don't go by what I said. Because I haven't said that yet. So, yeah. Just the, the end of the salah, the full prayer. Entering the salah. Sorry, entering the salah. So just takbir to ihram. Yeah, and you've caught the prayer. Exactly what the Hanbalis say. Alright, the Hanbalis would say, as long as you said Allahu Akbar and the sun set, your full prayer, you carry on praying, it's fully valid. That's basically what they're saying. That's what the Hanbalis are saying. Alright, good. We heard another opinion. You need to catch the first ruku' of the first raka'ah. Okay, yep. Why sujood? Yani that's this, the sign of a complete raka'ah. Yani. So you, what you're basically saying is one raka'ah, but, and the, the measuring of one raka'ah is to actually get to sajda, because that's the last pillar of the entire unit, which is an acceptable opinion. Good. And then the final one, which should be obviously, stand back up again. Okay? So that would, be, that would mean that you would pray one full unit, and stand back up again. And if you hadn't, then you have not caught then raka'ah. That would be the fourth opinion. Is that clear? Can you see the four different opinions? Yeah, let me just start again with the four opinions and we'll do it in like a timeline. So the easiest and the most simplest, the humble opinion. Just got to say Allahu Akbar, then you can relax. Yes, then you pray like normal. The second opinion would be you have to zoom all the way through to the, the, the end of Fatiha. Make a decision, surah or not, and go into ruku'ah. You've caught the, you've caught the prayer. Third opinion is that the raka'ah itself ends with the final pillar of that first unit, which will be the sajda. So you've got to get into the end of the second sajda. Yes, of the first raka'ah. Now you can relax for the rest of the prayer and pray normal. Fourth opinion, you'd have to burn all the way through the full unit. Ruku' to sujood and stand back up again, because here the raka'ah has been counted from standing, to standing. Did you understand the four positions? What, your comments? Yeah. What, what basis are you doing fourth opinion? Uh, that it is the end, the end point is the beginning point of the next pillar. So in my fourth raka'ah, let's say I'm going to ask. Yeah. I don't stand in my fourth raka'ah. Yes, but it's the end point of that particular unit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because there is no restand, it is the end point of. No, no, completely no hadith. Absolutely. And that's the reason why we have this discussion. Because there is no hadith. No, but no, there is a hadith. Go on. Yeah. That's talking about the raka'ah. 
You're talking, yes. Okay? That's why this discussion is in existence. Because of these variables that are potential when you see few hadith and many potentials. And actually it gets even bigger than what you just said. Because now we'll have to ask ourselves, is this hadith of man adraka ruku'a faqad adraka raka'a? Was this hadith only revealed to do with the congregation? Or was this hadith yani, referring to all prayers at all times? That's also another discussion which the ulama said. And some of them said that it is specific to congregational prayer only. And that when it comes to the actual prayer being caught, then that's yani, talking about an individual prayer. An individual prayer. And that's why I said that the big discussion will come later. But we still want to have some comments on it now. Yeah. I personally think it's a lot easier inside than it is outside. First of all, outside you can tell. There's no doubt about that, where you can tell when the sun is set. But inside, if you know I've got two minutes to pray, everyone, well, I, I, I'm assuming that everyone has a general idea of how quickly they pray. Yeah, fair enough. But if, it's, if, it's, if we're talking like 30 seconds or 20 seconds, then it becomes much, much more complicated, isn't it? Oh, no doubt. Just hope that people are not doing that on a regular basis. Even with a minute or two, I mean, if you're going by timetable, sometimes tables make allowances for the citizens. Yep. So the time for a table, you know, is after. Yep. The other time starts after the citizens. Yep. If a person is obviously miskeen and he got caught up with that timetable as well, so he's not only is he late, not only did he yani, make a mistake or whatever it is by not praying in an earlier time, he's now delayed it to the last second, so he's stuffed anyway. Then he's double stuffed by having yani, a timetable which has given him a adjusted three minute late time for sunrise, sunset, and he's actually already praying in sunset time. Miskin he is. So he's triple Miskin. Uh, my, 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 my point, my point entirely. Correct. 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 That's also by the, uh, indeed, that's also a very good support for the Hanbali position. That's also a very good support for the Hanbali position. That how does one even understand yani, the, the concept of time or how long I'm going to pray or not going to pray, whatever, as long as I give takbir and khalas. Yani all of these positions you'll see has a strong point and a, you know, a negative point that can be debated and discussed. Yep. Say there's literally five, seven seconds left. Yes. You yes, you would. We're going to say that you would, in, in, in our class position, we're going to say that you would start anyway, regardless. Okay? And that's, and that's something which is, and I'm going to explain that why in a, in a minute. He's going to say something. So, now I want you to understand now, how are we going to deal with this? Okay? We have all these different types of hadith. We've got a position that we've got, we've got to try and hold. If you say to someone that you, for example, now let's talk about Fajr. Yes? So a person, he wakes up late and he looks outside and he sees that, you know, or looks at his watch or whatever, and it's very, very late. So he's got literally a few minutes to make his decision, you know, and, and quickly get the prayer sorted. So he comes out, makes wudu, and he comes out now and he's about to start to make the salah. Do we now say to this person that before the sun rises, you have to catch the full takbir al ihram wa khalas, or that he needs to uh, uh, get to the ruku'ah, or he needs to do the rak'ah? 
according to the majority of the imams, they said he needs to do full rakah, okay, and not the ihram like we just said. But here's what complicates it. As we were saying, the hadith that we just mentioned, it suggests that to catch the full rak'ah, all you would need to do is to get to ruku'a. Isn't it? Do you understand what I'm saying or not? That if I have to, that if I am only going to catch the prayer, if I pray an entire rak'ah, that's what the, the hadith says. Man adraka rak'ah min as-salah, faqad adraka as-salah. Whoever catches a rak'ah from the prayer, then he has caught the prayer. So my question to you, in the presence of this other hadith that says, Man adraka ruku'ah, faqad adraka raka'ah. So the second hadith says that if you catch the ruku'ah, you've caught the raka'ah. Would we argue and say that in order to actually catch the prayer, you just need to catch the ruku'ah of the first raka'ah? Do you get the question now? Did you get the question first? Yes. Go ahead. That's what? Now you're asking difficult question. Does that second one not refer to the congregation? That's, that's my opinion, and that's the opinion of some of the scholars. And in actual fact, not just some of the scholars, the earlier madhahib did not apply this hadith to the uh, one of the time. That's what I said to you. I said to you that they said that man is specific to the congregation and catching it. And as for rak'ah, they want them to pray the full with the sajda. They expect it to be prayed full with the sajda and then to stand up or attempt to stand up. Yani the point is, is that you start to arise from the sajda for you to catch it. This is not an easy mas'ala. This is not an easy mas'ala. And I want to say to you that um, when I teach this position, and my class position, I want you to listen very carefully what you should believe as an individual. I believe that every person should believe that they have to stand up from one complete rak'ah before they consider that they have caught the prayer. Does that make sense? That way you will, you will, you will cover all of the safest positions. Uh, yeah, sorry, you will cover all of the risky positions and you will be upon safety. All the khilaf will be covered. Because you got some that say takbiratul ihram, that's enough. You got some that you minority, small minority, that said if you just get to the ruku', that's enough. And that's a super small minority. Why? Because they said that hadith of Qadarman Adraka Ruku' Fakad Adraka Raka'a specific to the Jama'ah only. It doesn't apply to when you're praying at home. It doesn't apply when you're praying yani, uh, before the time. And the third position is that you will then apply that hadith that's narrated by Bukhari Muslim that whoever catches the rak'ah, then they have caught the uh, prayer. Okay? Now in response to your question, I don't want to open it massively, but just to fulfill you at least intellectually for this tonight's lesson, you said, why would the Hanabila ignore that hadith? Okay? The one that says, the one who catches the rak'ah, then... Yeah, they have caught the prayer and they say the takbiratul ihram is still only what is required. I'm going to answer it, but I'm going to give someone else a chance. I have mentioned it before. That would be a logical argument, but they have a textual argument as well. Anyone? Um... That wouldn't help him here, would it? Because at the very least, this would apply to the uh, the minimum, the, the the individual. 
that wouldn't help him in this particular case. Yeah? Anyone? The answer is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran uses various words for the prayer. Warka'u ma'arraka'in. Yani this means yani salli ma'al musallin. That's what it basically means. Okay? Wasjud. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, make sajda. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes calls the prayer tasbih, fasabbih. Okay? So their argument is that the word rak'ah here means as-salah. That whoever has caught the prayer, this is their argument, okay? Any part of the prayer, any part of the prayer, then they have caught the entire prayer as well. So this is their that, that this is their textual argument. They would say that as long as someone has caught something from the prayer in any recognizable way, then they have entered. So like I said, this is yani, uh, an interesting point. We respect their position, but the safest position is that you need to do a full rakaah. There are some that would restrict it only to ruku'a. We say no. That actually, for legal purposes, I want you to mentally think this: if you are at home before sunrise, the time is running out. You must think that I need to definitely get one full rak'ah done, then I can relax in my second rak'ah. I say relax. Why? Because it will be a fool who goes, Alhamdulillah, and then decides to recite, you know, Surah Al-Najm or Surah Rahman or something like that. You know? You say, you don't recite no surah, just bam, Allahu Akbar, Subhan Rabbil Azim, once, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, Subhan Rabbil Azim, once. You need to get that rak'ah done quick. Needs to be a super, super smooth, quick rak'ah. All right, stand up. Now you can relax. Now it doesn't matter now what happens. You can now take 10, 15 minutes on the second rak'ah, pray proper salah, proper surah, proper everything. And this is actually uh, one, uh, one of the senior mashayikh. I remember having this discussion with him a number of years ago. And he said something interesting. He said one of the big mistakes that people make, one of the big mistakes people make, is that when they do catch a prayer late, but they have caught it, they rush up the second unit as well, which is wrong. And an insult to the prayer because you're already attacking the prayer in the first rak'ah by shaving it completely unrecognizable no surah no tasbih, little tasbih little you know whatever so we should therefore pray that first one quick the second one should be a proper unit or if it's a, for example salatul asr when maghrib has entered then likewise the first rak'ah is very quick and the rest three are proper are proper yeah Which one? The, um, full, uh, because they have caught the prayer. Once the prayer has been caught, the prayer is now valid and legal. Yeah, but what, what, we also covered this um, two, um, I think two lessons ago in the hadith of Salatul Asr as well. If you remember, go back, if you check your notes, we, talk, we said about the Prophet ﷺ saying that as long as one person catches one unit before the Fajr and one before the Asr. You remember that one? Yeah. It's, it's there, just two weeks ago. Yeah. Not two weeks ago, maybe two weeks or three weeks ago. Well, there's no doubt it's very difficult to hold on to it, yeah, because it's a lot of rush in your in the mind, yeah. And it, obviously, you'd still have some kind of you'd have some portion, but I mean, it's obviously a rush, isn't it? That's exactly what the, the problem is that you have brought upon yourself when you are in that uh, situation, okay, right. The next point then is that a person should not pray, okay, um, 
if he is not sure that the prayer has actually entered okay that it is uh sorry that is, is talking about now about the uh, different levels of certainty that a person has okay with respect to the prayer so you would go i think between four or five stages let's count them um you are 100 percent sure that the prayer has not entered you are sh you think on the balance of probabilities okay that the prayer has not entered you're not sure if the prayer has entered you think on the balance of probabilities that the prayer has entered and you are sure that the prayer has entered so there are five states that you can have with respect to the salah and your belief about its time is that clear not clear what does it say Read it to me. One should not pray before feeling that that it is very likely that the prayer's time has entered. That's on the balance of probability that you believe the prayer has time has entered. Isn't that what it says? We're, we're done with this thing. We're going back to each other. What was it say? I can't see it. Re move it up. You just repeated that. So uh, I can't see it. No, no, the other way. Down, I can only see the top part, Shaz. The other way, Yara. The other way. Okay, I can't see anything, Yara. Just read it to me. How have I translated it? One should not pray before feeling that it is very likely that the prayer's time has entered. Yeah, is that, you don't think it's well translated? You need to have reached at least the balance of probabilities that the prayer time has entered before you pray. That's what that text says, but it's not translated well. Not 100% sure. Not 100% sure, exactly. So what would you say in terms of percentage? In terms of percentage, if you remember, I think we did that a couple of years ago, right? So 100% certain. 100% certain. 51, 51 to 99 is a dhan, or a ghalabat Okay, Shek is 50. Mm -hmm. And then we said that yani, the ghalabat al on the other side is everything under 49%. So, yeah. from, uh, 51. so 51% to 99 is the balance of probabilities, meaning that you are more certain than not that the prayer time has entered. If you are in that position, you pray. That is where you pray. Yeah, okay. I'll give you the... I'll, I'll give, I'll give you the the explanation uh, here. So, for example, he goes. Uh, so, Sheikh Uthameen. So, therefore, he goes. What do we learn from this statement? It is therefore permissible to pray that as long as a person thinks that the time has entered. So, for example, if it's very very cloudy outside, Okay, we look and we see that the sun has set. Okay, um, um, uh, then the sun has set. We have yaqeen and we pray. But if the cloudiness, the cloudiness is so cloudy that you can't see the sun at all, but you're pretty sure that the sun has set, then you will pray anyway. No salli. And, and this is, the second prayer is the prayer based upon probability. So the first one is 100% and the second one was something between 51 to 99% that you believe that the prayer has been 
um, established. Okay. Now, um, you might say, what is the uh, and this is this is something which is uh, obvious. Okay. Sheikh also then mentions. He also did something very similar upon the ghalabat al-dhan, based upon the probability, balance of probabilities. And this is the hadith of Asma bint Abi Bakr radiallahu anhuma, that she said, أَفْطَرْنَا عَلَىٰ أَحْدِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ سَلَمْ فِي يَوْمٍ غَيْمٍ ثُمَّ طَلْعَةِ الشَّمْسِ That we, um, uh, we broke our fast, okay, at the time of the Prophet sallallahu during the time of the Prophet sallallahu based upon what we thought was happening, okay, yani based upon what we thought was happening on a cloudy day, so the day yani was not clear, the sun was not clear, it was not yani something which was was obvious, but we based it upon the, the balance of probabilities. The hadith is noted by Bukhari, hadith one nine five nine, okay, hadith one nine five nine, so. Uh, and then the sun risen. Yeah, and this is talking about the next day. It's not relevant to this point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't rise proving they were wrong. Correct, correct. Because it wouldn't rise, it would be setting. So. Oh, okay. Yeah? <laughs> because no, of the... the yes, I know, I know. That's the reason why I didn't translate it fully. I didn't want to cause more confusion. Because this is now talking about the next day. Yeah, say it again, yeah. Um, let's say I'll pray uh, based on my uh, own ishtihad. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, basically, the guy, my friend, tells me, okay, prayer just started five minutes ago, and I started seven minutes ago. We're going to come to that right now. Let's go through the options, okay, inshallah. So, um, so here's the question. Sheikh now starts putting a few, a few points up. So I think that's very clear, that if a longer person feels that a person should actually be able to pray during this time, then, yani, that the time has entered and he feels strongly that's the case, then he does that. So the question then, does a person pray if he is doubtful about whether the time has entered or not? Yes, should he pray or not? And Sheikh says, no, this is because the basic principle with respect to the prayer is that it's not in. So that's like the base, the, the status quo, is that a, pr- a prayer time has not entered. So it is not permissible to allow doubt to create, a pr- uh, the, to, allow, to allow doubt to, in- to enter the prayer, to make the prayer enter. Um, is it permissible to pray if he's sh- sure, or the balance of probabilities, is that the time has not entered? So now we're going lower down the scale. And of course, this is absolutely something which is, uh, uh, not, 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 a, not, not correct. Not correct. The prayer is invalid. Then the third scenario: Should a person pray if he knows for definite that the time has not uh, uh, entered? And the, the sheikh said that, of course, is haram. You'll be sinful for that because you're playing with the prayer. Okay. So that's with respect to the actual um, uh, time. So therefore, the sheikh now will conclude. He says, therefore. You will pray in three times, in, in two times, and you will, sorry, you will not pray in three times, and you will pray in two times, okay? So, the 
times that you will pray is when you are definitely sure that the prayer has entered and when you think that the prayer has entered. In these two scenarios, you will pray. And, لكن لو تيقن في سورة الثانية أنه صلى قبل الوقت لزمته الإعادة وتكون الأولى نفلا الأولى نفلا. So therefore, if a person, if a person was to make a judgment call and pray, and then he realized that he started the prayer before the time started, then he has to repeat the prayer. And the one that he prayed already, this was nafal, and the one that he prays now is the obligatory prayer. Is that clear? Okay, that's the answer to your question. And the three times that a person does not pray is that if he's not sure if the time has entered, if he thinks the time has not entered, and if he knows that the time has not entered. Is that clear, everybody? Okay. And tell you, well, Sheikh also makes a final, I think, good point. And he says that what we also learn from this is that some acts of worship are based upon probability and not always certainty. And I think that's also a very useful point. That, yani, that the ability to think about our, our deen is an important aspect. That there are not always, yet you don't always have absolute certainty that you, uh, uh, you know, that you know. For example, this, this happens in a tawaf. And it happens if the shaitan comes to join a prayer as well. So we know, for example, that the Prophet ﷺ said that in the hadith of Musa al-Ash'ari, that if a person, he knows, he, he forgets, yani, what raka'ah is he on? Is he on third or fourth? Third or fourth, yes? And so we know that if he thinks about it and says, no, I'm in my third, then the prayer continues and he basically builds it upon that. Even though it is also a position where if he doesn't know, then he assumes three, even if he's prayed four, and he builds upon it. So he's got, you've got always two scenarios. And that's why we say that when it comes to, when we study Sajda Sahu, you will see that we have two different types of Sajda Sahu. We have the Sajda Sahu, which is when a person builds upon doubt, therefore he takes the minimum number, therefore he will end up praying either four or five. And for that, we will now make him do the, 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 the Taslim, for example, after. All right, the 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 sajda sahu after he gives taslim, or for example, we have a person who he builds upon his uh, sorry, big pardon before the taslim. So before he says salam alaykum wa rahmatullah, he will then go for two sajda. Or you will have a person who sits there and he thinks about it, and he stands there, he thinks about it, and then he quickly reviews it. And then he realizes, no, no, I'm okay, I'm in my third rakah, and then he will finish off the prayer. And in the hadith of Musa al-Ash'ari, after he gives the taslim, he will do two anyway. And this two anyway is not because he made a mistake and not because he forgot anything, but because he went through the process of having to think about it during the prayer. And this is, this is something which he will come to it in the right time. And the same for the tawaf. The same for the tawaf as well. Exactly, if there comes an issue of numbers. Okay? Let's have the adhan then, I think. Is it entered? Yeah, let's have the other. Just, um, we need the conclusion. I have no idea what the conclusion was.
So I think that's enough, inshallah, for uh, this session. Um, I think what we're going to do now is, is basically just agree what the plan is for the um, for the rest of the for the rest of the year. This, is of course, the final session. Okay, and with it being the final session, and that ends a year four. Now we just need to agree on what the plan is for year five um, and some points. So this is all not set in stone, okay? And everyone who is watching this particular lesson, I'd like you guys to comment on the portal with your own suggestions and ideas. But this is something like what it's going to go ahead with. So there's a couple of things we need to confirm. One is the notes and everything for this class. Two is the... Um, revision sessions for all of this I say this class I mean the year and the second then is the revision notes by the revision team the third would be an exam for this year as well as Babul Hayyab the chapter of menstruation and then the fourth is then a decision on an intensive weekend um, and then the restart so first of all inshallah during Ramadan um, and for the end of Ramadan we hope to have all of our notes all up to date okay inshallah that's all the transcribed notes for everything which is owing so that's the menstruation and that's for this year etc etc okay that's the first thing you need to know inshallah the second thing is that we're going to have revision sessions for the exam and as it stands now there will be four revision sessions and they are uh, uh, penciled in for the 10th 17th 24th and 31st of August okay those are voluntary uh, vol uh, revision sessions but they proved very very useful by uh, feedback from all the students who have taken them 10 17 24 31 okay of August the exam date at the moment is cited for the 24th 
and the 25th of September. Okay, online, one hour, whatever. The 24th, 25th of September, that exam date will include the remainder of Najasa. It will, it will include Bab al-Hayl, menstruation, and it will be the uh, conditions of the prayer up until now. The next question is, do we have another intensive weekend? So let's have a quick yani. Um, there's an idea that we would restart the year around year five. Academic year five would start around the 5th of October or the 12th of October, something like that. Yani in that region. 5th of October, 12th of October. Maybe even a week before, I don't know, but we'll look at that. So the only remaining question is, is that maybe October 1st, 2nd, that weekend, do people want to do the repeat of what we did last year, which is an intensive weekend on, for example, the conditions of the prayer and smack out a whole big section with all of the pros and cons that, that came with last time? No, it would be exactly like we did menstruation. It was a complete subject. <laughs> maybe, maybe. What's a, just a quick show of hands. Who uh, put your hands up if you think that we should do an intensive weekend of first and second? I don't know. Actually, this week will be different. We'll just take lesson by lesson by. It will be rather than aiming for an endpoint. Yeah, I don't think there's an there's there's necessarily an endpoint, whatever. Yeah. But I think the point that you should focus on more is that it would be the same speed, the same quality, taqriban as the menstruation. I don't know of an endpoint. I can create an endpoint. I don't know. I need to think about that. That that's going to require planning. I'll I'll do that. But I need to know that you know our feedback generally seems that it was a positive thing. So, what do we think? Okay, uh, who, who, who's, who's against the idea? You're against the idea. Too quick, yeah? And Abdullah, same reason. No, no, no. You're, oh, you're good with the idea? Yeah, I'm okay. okay. Yeah. Any sisters uh, against who, the idea? Who wants it? Who wants it? The, one, the, the, the ones are the more at the moment, but let's just see who doesn't. No, no, no. I'm, saying I'm, I'm not against it. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. The alternative is that we just carry on. Yeah, I think no. Yes, it will, it will. But um, the idea is, is that we can probably get quite into the meat of the next section as well. That would be the idea. I think more people are for it than against it. Yes. Yes. Yes, correct. Right. It doesn't make so much uh, sense. I, I, I actually think that the, 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 the last year was, uh, you should take this, if we're going to do an intensive meeting, it will be done exactly like we are doing now, but it will be just be two days of LPs. Okay, keep, keep, keep up to date. There's some arguments going back and forth. Yeah, the point is that we want to think within our lifetime. <laughs> That's a great that's a that's a that's a great point. But now the salah is here. So we'll have a discussion about that. 
Jazakumullahi everybody. Keep on the portal. Keep an eye on the portal. That's where the information is and the emails. Jazakumullahi It's been a long and great year. Bifadillah. And it finishes. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.